After Jesus went toe-to-toe with the Pharisees and scribes again in Genesaret, Jesus left Galilee and traveled north into the district of Tyre and Sidon, according to Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. In my opinion, although in some translations Matthew called the move a withdrawal, this journey was purposeful. I do not believe Jesus was trying to avoid something. Rather, he was moving into a new area of ministry, one that benefits us Gentiles forever. The journey has four stages. First, Jesus has an encounter with a Canaanite woman, or, as described by Mark, a Gentile of the Syrophoenician race. It seems the region of Phoenicia had fallen under the jurisdiction of Syria under Roman rule. The unnamed woman had a little daughter who had an unclean spirit. She cried out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. Matthew 15:22b It is reasonable to conclude that Jesus' reputation for healing and exorcism, not to mention the fact that he is the son of David, had made its way north ahead of him and his disciples, who urged Jesus to send the woman away. Jesus himself made an interesting reply to the woman in Matthew fifteen twenty four. I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman was persistent. Lord, help me! Let the children be satisfied first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. In Mark seven twenty seven. In a third and final plea in verse 28, the woman says, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs under the table feed on the children's crumbs. Satisfied that the woman's faith was genuine, Jesus grants her prayer and heals her little daughter and banishes the demon from her. In other words, Jesus extends mercy and grace to the Gentiles. It is my belief that this was his intent from the outset. It is further my belief that the woman recognized her place, not of a chosen race, but the mercy of Christ acknowledged her among a chosen people. The next stage of the journey takes Jesus and the disciples first north to Sidon, then in a broad arc toward the southeast to Decapolis. Recall, if you will, that this is a region of ten cities near the region of Galilee, occupied almost exclusively by Gentiles. Scholars indicate this part of the trip took some eight months. While Mark devoted only one verse to this stage, 
It seems clear there was much, much more happening during this eight months, as Matthew describes in 1530. And large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. First, the training of the disciples must have been intense. Surely, Jesus took the opportunity to explain his intention to the Gentiles, including reminding them of the healing of the Gerasene demoniac earlier, as described in Mark 5. Also, there must have been more healing and miracles performed during this part of the journey. Why? Again, my belief is Jesus is demonstrating to the disciples and, by extension, to us that he is here for all people. Mark 7.32 explains, They brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty, and they implored him to lay his hand on him. This third stage is interesting from a couple of aspects. This is only described in the Gospel of Mark. And Jesus takes a unique approach, as described in verses 33 and 34. 1. Jesus took the deaf and speech-impaired, note, not speechless, person aside, away from the crowd. Two, Jesus put his fingers into his ears. Three, Jesus spit, then touched his tongue with the saliva. Four, Jesus then looked up to heaven with a deep sigh. Five, Jesus said, Ephathah, or be opened, in Aramaic. Because this person was deaf, Jesus felt it necessary to describe what was about to happen in a manner that would be clear without hearing a word. Nonetheless, the result was immediate. And his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was removed, And he began speaking plainly from Mark chapter 7, verse 35. Once again, Jesus extends mercy and grace to a Gentile. The final stage of the journey amounts to an extension of the same compassion felt earlier for a huge crowd who needed to be fed. In this case, The crowd is Gentile and have been with Jesus and his disciples for three days. Now, please don't miss the significance of the loyalty of this crowd for three days. The disciples' reaction to Jesus' compassion is worth noting. Where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people, Mark 8, 4. 
Either the disciples have already forgotten the miracle Jesus used to feed 5,000 Jewish people, or they don't believe the same type of miracle could be extended to 4,000 Gentile people. And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few small fish. Matthew fifteen thirty four. The feeding proceeds essentially as before. One, Jesus directed the people to sit down on the ground. Two, Jesus took the seven loaves of bread and the fish. Three, Jesus gave thanks to God for the available food. Four, Jesus broke the bread and the fish into pieces. Five, Jesus gave the food to the disciples. And six, the disciples gave the food to the people. The result was the same as before. In Matthew fifteen thirty-seven, we read, And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, seven large baskets full. Jesus' lesson to the disciples was complete. Miracles are not exclusive to the Jewish people. They are available to the Gentiles as well. In fact, Jesus had an effect on Gentiles very early in his life, as we read in Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Yep, the Magi came from the east and were Gentiles. Just before Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection, he informed the apostles in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The sequence of places where the apostles would witness manifest the order in which the gospel would be preached, that is, the Jews first, and then the Gentiles. But Jesus' message was quite clear. We are to witness to the entire world. In addition, the Apostle Paul, in his epistle to the church at Rome, stated in chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. We find ourselves in the midst of a shared season between Jews and Christians. Passover and Resurrection Sunday begin a 50-day countdown for Christians to Pentecost. Interestingly, Jews count up also known as counting the Omer to Shavuot. 
at Shavuot, the Hebrews received the law. At Pentecost, the disciples of Christ received the Holy Spirit. And both are available yet even now to all who believe. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Yeah.